What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Remnant Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are still taking care of yourselves and doing all the things you know you ought to do during these times, during these pandemic seasons. Coronavirus is still real, folks. So take all the precautions you know you, you need to take. When you leave your house, wear a mask. Take some Germex with you. Put it on your hand. Rub it in for a good nice 20 seconds. Sing the happy birthday when you're washing your hands. Stay away from people. Stay home. Because this pandemic is still real. I know we got the vaccine. But it ain't widely used yet. So we need to take care of ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves, folks. We need to take care of ourselves but anyway today we're going to be talking about credit scores and how to build our credit scores as you guys know every tuesday we like to talk something on personal finance how to manage our money just a little bit better every single day on thursdays we like to focus on the business world to see how that is impacting the dollars in our pockets maybe there's some new policies that we need to know about maybe there's some new taxes situation that we need to know about that's on thursday but today's tuesday so we're gonna get into this personal finance topic of the day as some of you may know i don't necessarily like debt like that i'm not the biggest fan of the debt Actually, I don't like debt at all. I'm not even a fan of debt. I hate debt. Debt is one of the things that I abhor and I hate. I despise. I just don't like debt. And so talking about credit cards brings out a certain, um, it brings out a certain type of feeling in my soul. It's not a very nice feeling. It's not a very playful feeling. It's one of hate, disgust, and just I don't know what else, what other word to use because I don't like the credit score system. I don't understand how me taking on more debt shows that I'm good with debt. I don't understand why me paying my bills on time is not good enough for a bank to say, oh, you're responsible with money. You don't try to take off or try to bite off more than you can chew. So you're good. We're going to give you the money you need to buy a house. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Why do I need to go out in these streets, get something that says, hey, here's $2,000. Be careful how you use it. And most of us are not careful how we use it. So we spend the $2,000 and now we're in a worse situation than we were in prior to the whole thing. But hey, that's the system that we got. I hate it. I hate it so much. However, I understand why we have that system here in the United States. It allows for faster expansion of businesses. It allows for faster expansion of money. It allows faster expansion of people to buy things that they don't, that they need and they can't afford just yet. And so they can get credit on it, buy the thing and do other stuff. It allows the economy to keep expanding based on those debt levels, which allows things to keep appreciating in value. I understand that, but it doesn't mean that I like it or that it makes much sense that we need to do it on a each person basis. Why can't you just go by like, you know, I pay my power bill on time. I pay my water bill on time. I pay my phone bill on time. I pay my insurance on time. You know, all the things that I actually need. I don't need 
an extra $2,000 burning a hole in my pocket that I feel like, oh, if I'm in trouble, I'm going to just use this card to get out of jail. <sighs> anyway, I told y'all, this, this topic brings out a certain feeling inside of me that I don't like because I don't like credit cards. I just don't like credit cards. But... As you guys may know, one of the reasons that most people end up getting a credit card and have to start playing the game of debt control is to buy a house. That's one of the biggest reasons that most people will tell you, hey, if you want to buy a house, you got to start building a credit score so you can get a good loan. So that way you can buy a good house and you know you can buy what you want. Da, 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 da. But the fact is, you don't actually need a credit score to buy a house. Like you can get some something done called a manual underwriting, which I actually got done um, last in 2020 before the whole pandemic started. And I mean, I got a pretty good rate. I got a pretty good rate. So you don't necessarily absolutely have to play the, the, credit, the credit score game. Does it make life a little bit harder? Yeah, sure, it does. I mean, to rent a car, it was the dumbest thing. I went to rent a car from Enterprise and they were like, uh, sorry, you don't have a credit card, so we are not going to rent a car. I'm like, I'm trying to give you people money so I can get a car. And then they just frustrated me and I was like, bump y'all. I'm just going to take my my car anyway. I don't need y'all, which is funny. For work, I don't have to deal with any of that noise. But to rent a car, it's all of this noise that they're talking, but you know, whatever. I don't really care point is point is i know why we need credit scores and i understand how you can use credit scores to your benefit at the same time i feel like it's a double-edged sword and the 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 edge that is pointed towards you is a whole lot sharper than the edge that's pointed towards the world so just be very careful when it comes to playing this credit score game and how to raise your credit score i actually jumped back into the game recently because I wanted to get better options when it comes to financing for a home. And I wanted to make sure that I was getting the best possible rate that I can get for my mortgage. And so I got back into the credit score game. And I just want to show you guys that it is possible that even if today you have a zero credit score, you can actually get that thing up pretty quickly and pretty fast without having to stress yourself a whole lot. One of the things that people always talk about is, oh my God, how do I increase my credit score? How do I increase my credit score? This is how to do it. This is literally the easiest way to do it. And the answer to your problem is use your credit card less. Yeah, I know. It's mind blowing, right? Use your credit cards less and you actually see an increase in your credit score. It's crazy. People will always be like, no, it's not how it works. Da, 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 da. No, this is a proven I'm a proof of this. In two months, I've gone from having a zero credit score, literally zero, zilt, donut. I didn't have a credit score at all. And I've raised that thing in two months to 780 per Discover. It might be different elsewhere. I think Wells Fargo said I had a 741. Somewhere else said I had a 760. I don't know why it's so wide of a thing. I don't understand that. Uh, but either way, the point is, it took me two months to get into the upper 700s into the mid 700s it's not that hard and i'm gonna break down exactly how i did it on this video so that every single person out there that's wondering how do i increase my credit score how do i increase my credit score because everybody's trying to chase after this magical number of 800 which is complete bs because it doesn't matter you get the same rates if you were at 780 as you or if you were at 760 i think it is and if you are at 800, the rates that you're getting is not that much of a difference. Even if it's that much of a difference, it's pretty much like less than one uh, one point. 
So one basis point, which is if you add 0.75 versus 0.74, it's not making that much of a difference on any loan that you get. I'm just saying, you don't need to be up in the 800s. You really don't. But it's part of the societal thing to say, I'm in the 800 credit score game. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, oh, you take on more debt. Congratulations to you. You can use more debt. Like that's a sign of prosperity. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really cynical about this whole credit card thing because it really just pisses me off. I don't like credit cards, but if it's something that we have to deal with, I might as well teach you guys how to do it the best way possible, at least the best way that I've seen possible. So before we get into exactly how to use your credit card to the best of your ability to ensure that you're growing your score rather than cutting your, your legs, there are five parts of your credit score there are five things that go into your credit score the first thing that goes into your credit score is your payment history which is how long do you hold a credit card balance and how often do you pay your card off on time and how often does your card always carry a balance that's the first thing that goes into your credit score that is about a 35 percent weighting on your credit score the second thing is your utilization rate, meaning how much of your debts are you using? How much of your debt are you using? In other words, if you have a credit card that's $1,000, has a credit limit of $1,000, you have another credit card that has a, a limit of, of $2,000, and then you have a third card that has a limit of another $1,000. So in total, you have three cards that have a limit of $4,000. Are you using all $4,000 every month? Or... Are you using just about $400 of that $4,000? That's 30% of your credit score. Number three, how long have you had credit? This one, you don't really have much of a say in. It just depends on the first time that you decided to open a, a credit card or you got a credit card. The first ever time you got a credit card. You know, there's some ways you can fin you can finesse it, but I'm not going to talk about those ways because I think that leads to a much more dangerous situation. And I don't think those should be options for you trying to prepare yourself for a better financial future. Just I don't think don't don't play with those. Number four, the number of new accounts that you're opening in 12 more in 12 month spans. Are you always trying to open a new account? Are you always taking some kind of new loan for something? Especially if you're not a business, why are you always taking out loans? That's going to make a bank go, what? Why? Why are they doing that? That affects your credit score. That's about 10% on your score. And the fifth one is your credit mix. 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 Your credit mix. So, you know, the different types of credit that you have. So, your auto loan, if you have an auto loan, which nobody should have an auto loan because I think that's a bad idea. But if you want to have an auto loan, your auto loan home loan, student loans, and your credit cards, of course, and any other kind of loan that you may have out there. So the mixture of the types of loans that you have, some way better for you and some may way worse for you. Like a home loan is good debt. Uh, student loans is seen as good debt. Credit cards, on the other hand, is in the middle. Cars, on the other hand, also in the middle. It's probably seen more negatively if you always have some kind of auto loan that you're carrying with you all over the place. The key thing that I want to pull to your vision or pull to your focus is the different score ratings and weightings that each one of these things carry. Payment history is 35% of your score, which makes sense. Utilization rate is 30% of your score. How long you've had credit is 15% of your score. And the number of credit accounts that you have in your credit mix 
both are 10% of your score. So 65% of your score is things that are in your total and complete control. You can't really control the amount of time that you've had credit. It just depends on when you open that one up. Time is time. You can't really, you can control the number of accounts that you open, but that doesn't have too much of an effect on your credit score. You can also control the types of loans that you have. But if you have a student loan, you have a student loan. If you have home loan, you have home loan. Uh, the types of credit cards you have use the type of credit cards you have. So the two things that you can control actively carry the most weight. 65% of your score is tied into payment history and utilization rate. Utilization rate, I will say, keep that between one and 10%. One and 10%. This is what has been found to have the best, best results when it comes to your credit card, when it comes to your credit score. I keep on mixing the word credit card and credit score and my mouth can't do anyway it doesn't matter and then your payment history do not i repeat do not carry a credit card balance please out there people hear me hear me and hear me well do not carry a credit card balance month over month one it costs you with interest two it costs you with your credit score credit score so you're just basically double dipping yourself into like a fiery grave don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. So an easy way or the easiest way that I have found and the way that I've been able to play this game without even having to think about it. I literally don't even think about the fact that I have a credit card because I, as a matter of fact, where is that card? I don't know where it is because I never use it is my point. I never use it. I don't know where it is. All I did was I set up a system where it's being used and I'm paying it off regularly but I don't have to think about it. And so I don't have to think about using it for other things. It's just somewhere. I don't know where it is. That's cool with me because I don't need to know where it is. I don't need to be swiping it. It's not connected to my Google Pay. It's not connected to my Amazon. It's not connected to nothing because I don't need it. I don't need it connected to my PayPal. I don't need it connected to my bank. I don't, I don't need those problems. So this is what you do. First of all, before we even get into anything else, pay off all your credit card debt. If you have any kind of credit card balance, pay that off first because nothing else I say is going to help you unless that you're at a point of zero. All right, cool. So you got that down. You paid off your debt. Congratulations. Maybe you use the debt snowball method because you like Dave Ramsey and you use the debt snowball method. Or maybe you use the debt avalanche method because you're, you're a math nerd and you know that if I kill the f highest interest rate first, I know that's going to help me to make sure I'm not paying more interest. Anyway, it doesn't matter which method you use. Either one works. Either way, pay that thing off. Get out of that death jail. Please, please get out of that death jail. And then the second thing that you're going to do is you're going to put one bill on one of your credit cards. Now, make sure that whichever bill that you're putting on the credit card is no more than 10% of that credit card. In other words, if you have a spending limit of $500 on a card, do not put an $80 bill on that card. We want to keep it in the 10% range. So no more than 50% on that card. As a matter of fact, if you can, I will say keep your utilization rate at like one to one to 3%. In other words, if you have a $500 card, use just five to $8 of that card. Literally five to $10 at the most on that card every single month. That's it. And then you're going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
How am I supposed to consistently just spend only five to ten dollars on a cart? Let me teach you how. It's simple. Do you have Netflix? You're probably gonna say yes. Or if you don't have Netflix, do you have Spotify? You're probably gonna say yes. Put your Netflix bill on that one card, set it up to automatically pay itself off every single month from your checking account, set that up, and just let it ride. Just let that thing ride. How I do it is I put my Spotify bill on my card. It has a $500 limit, which is why I keep using the $500 limit example, and the card is $5, or the bill is $5, because I have Spotify Student Discount Edition, baby! Getting that $5 discount. Let's go. Paying only $5 for Spotify is wonderful. I just, you know. Anyway, but that's beside the point. So I put my Spotify bill on the card. And every month, it pays my Spotify bill. And I automatically pay that card off. It has automatic payments set up. And sometimes I even pay it off before the automatic payment kicks in. Because I just hate the idea of knowing in the back of my mind that I owe somebody money that I owe somebody money. And the way people always talk about credit cards is they always say, oh, it's free money. It's free money. Why would you use your money when you can use free money? And But the problem is you're not even investing the money that you're saying is free money for it to make a difference. You're not. So what's the point? I might as well just pay this thing off and move on with my life and not have to worry about it. But anyway, that's besides the point. But this is how I pay. I have grown my credit score from zero to by discover standard 780 wells fargo says i have 741 so it's somewhere in that range and to be honest once you get into the range of seven in the mid 700s basically you're going to get a great interest rate on anything that's just that's just facts you're going to get a great interest rate on anything but the point that i want to get to is to build your credit score does not need you to spend more money you don't need to spend more money on your credit card you actually need to spend less money on your credit card crazy right it's very crazy but spending less actually helps you build your score up much 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 faster but anyway i know there's gonna be some people with major pushback on you like oh but you're losing out on those cash back you're losing out on points you're losing out on this honestly no i'm not losing out on anything the only thing that i'm losing out on is more debt because the last time that i believed that oh the points the points the points you know what the points never did the points never covered the actual like amount of debt that i was getting myself into if i'm getting one percent back on a card and i'm paying the credit card company 20 percent, guess who's winning oh yeah that's right not me so i'm playing this game so i can win not so i can take l's and be in somebody person's pawn in their own game. But at the end of the day, do whatever works for you. This is the method that I works for me, but don't believe the BS that the only way that you have to build credit is by you spending more and more and more money. No, that's BS. Figure out what works for you and do it that way. Again, I know I'm rambling and I know I'm like really, really seeming upset. It's because I am upset because I hate the system. I hate the credit, credit score system. I really don't like it. So that's why this episode is very filled with a lot of vitriol because I don't like it. I don't like talking about it. I don't like it. But at the same time, I need to talk about it because recently I've heard too many people make some dumb decisions when it comes to credit cards. And so I have to speak on it so that they can learn and not make dumb decisions when it comes to credit cards. Okay, cool. That's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learn one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all, and I'm out. Stupid credit cards. Peace!